The Sons of Saturday podcast is brought to you by our friends at Main Street Pharmacy. Located right on Main Street in Blacksburg, Virginia, Main Street Pharmacy is proudly owned by a Hokie family and has been a partner of this podcast since 2020. MSP offers free delivery, curbside pickup, and vaccinations as well. If you are a student or resident in the Blacksburg area, you can always trust that at Main Street Pharmacy, you are not just a number, you are a neighbor. Awesome. Hello, everybody. Monday, March 13th, 10 o'clock in the morning. I'm sitting here with Coach Brooks, a 27-4 and record, an ACC championship, and just punched his ticket to a number one seed in the NCAA tournament. Coach Brooks, how you doing? I know you're a busy man, but how have the last 24 hours treated you? Cloud nine, man. Cloud nine. Very, very happy, though. Very deserving for our kids. Very deserving for Hokie Nation. You know, everyone stood by us. For a long time, came out, showed out this year, um, uh, made, made a good team, a great team. And so we're excited. Um, a lot of responsibility comes with the number one seed. And we're looking forward to uh, getting to work to uh, try to protect it. So, Coach, I'm a big I'm a big press conference guy. I sit right on my couch. I pull up YouTube. I'm always listening to press conferences. And all year I've been tuning in. And a few times you've referenced the importance of stopping, smelling the roses, looking around. What have we built? What are we going through right now, living in the moment? In a season full of moments, last night was another special one. What did last night, the selection, the support, the reception, the folks that showed up, what did that mean to your staff and what did that mean to your team? Well, first and foremost, Billy, you know, it's, um, you know sometimes you, you, can't, you can't be so busy making a life that you don't live a life. And uh, so many times people would tell, talk to me about, hey, remember your team back in 2012? And I would have no idea what team they were talking about because after 2012, I was already on to 2013 and thinking about 2014. And uh, the older I got, you know, and obviously coming here to Virginia Tech uh, and starting all the way over and, you know, starting at the bottom. And, um, you know, you really had to, you know, just stop and enjoy the things that you were accomplishing. And, uh, you know, especially the last few years with, with this group, uh, I've, I've really learned to stop, smell the roses, enjoy every moment. Uh, and then this year, you know, it really came to fruition, everything that we were trying to accomplish. And uh, this has been one of the most enjoyable years, uh, just really enjoying every win, every game, every milestone, uh, embracing it. And it'd be something that we always remember. And then, you know, it comes to last night when um, bad weather, cold, uh, excitement. I didn't know if we were going to be 10 people there or 2000 people there. And when we walked out and I saw the reception, the crowd, uh, it was more people at the, at, the, at the event last night than it was the first game that I coached here. And, you know, the band was cranked up. Uh, the Heidi Tidies were there. The, you know, so much support there. And not only there, but they were excited, knowledgeable. And that's the way our fans have been all year. So for me, you know, being in Castle, watching the men play in front of, you know, nine sold-out crowds, it's very special to watch my young ladies be able to uh, experience something like that, to be appreciated because they work their tails off. And I'm very happy for them, excited for them. But I'm also excited for Hokie Nation because I think we brought something back here that everyone can be proud of. 
And speaking on those former teams, what I really enjoyed, I mean, we were talking about it on the last podcast, how fun social media was for the first 48 hours and throughout the entire tournament. But what was so incredibly special was not just the reception from the fan base, which was incredible. It was former players, Sammy Hill, Shep, Cole, everybody who came through this program. And you've always said that the team's success year in and year out has the alums' fingerprints all over it, all the time. How does it feel knowing the impact that your former players had, but the love, connection, and relationship that they still have with the players that are here today? You know, for me, it's extremely special. It goes even deeper than that. Uh, I, I've got so many of my JMU players that even are reaching out, congratulating me, talking about how proud they are, how much they follow our program. Uh, but, you know, for me, it started the first year I was here. You know, Vanessa Panousis and Sammy Hill, Sid Cook, uh, they taught me what it was to be a Hokie. And, you know, in a Virginia Texas special place, you know that. And a lot of people on the outside might not understand it. And uh, when you come in here and then you feel the love and you feel just the pride that everyone has as being a Hokie, um, you really don't understand it from the outside. And, you know, those three in particular taught me what it was to be a Hokie. And I'll, be ever, I'll forever be indebted to them. And then, you know, you start to build a program. Then all of a sudden you want to try to learn how to win. You know, we brought in kids like Taj Cole and Lydia Rivers, who were transfers, who um, really taught us how to win, how to be tough. You know, and then Asia Shepard, you know, my first recruit, you know, she was learning from those guys and she learned and she watched and then she took it to another level. And then now you have Elizabeth Kitley and, and Georgia Amore and Kayla King and those guys who have learned from all those previous people. And, uh, and now we're at the top. And, and it didn't happen overnight and didn't happen because we just got lucky. It happened because it was years of building it, building the right way, going through a lot of heartache, a lot of ups, a lot of downs. And, uh, and that's why you shed the tears when you cut down the net because of all everything that you went through. You know, and, that, and that's what those tears mean when you cut it down, because these kids have sacrificed so much. And now in the realm of women's basketball, uh, it is really cool to be a Virginia Tech Hokie. And it wasn't always that way. When I when I first started here, but now we're we're included with recruits that you know we wouldn't have been able to touch you know years ago. So accumulation of a lot of hard work to get to this point. Um, we are going to smell the roses for a little bit, but now it's time to get back to work, and we understand there's more work to do. And on that note of parallels and people who built this program, almost as if it was written in a movie, your first matchup comes against Chattanooga and first year head coach Sean Poppy who was an assistant with you from 2016 up until last year where he accepted the job at Chattanooga. What was that FaceTime like? I know the players have a lot of love for Coach Poppy. Um, it's crazy how it worked out. You know, it's funny. My my, uh, my coaching tree uh, is kind of growing um, uh, in, in our region as well. The for, the James Madison coach, he was my former assistant. Um, East Carolina uh, head coach is my former assistant. So I'm very proud of all of them. But, but Sean Poppy um, – you know, he helped me from ground zero with this group and believed in my vision, came in, was my right hand person, uh, shared so much with him, you know, philosophies, uh, ups and downs and, you know, just going through and building a program. And when it came time for, you know, Chattanooga was looking for a coach, uh, you know, I'm really good friends with their AD, Mark Wharton. He was actually with me at James Madison. And I and I asked him, I said, what do you want? And he said, I want what you guys have at Tech, I want what you had at James Madison. And I said, well, here's your guy right here. 
And I didn't want to lose Poppy because I knew that he could really help us elevate our program even more so this year. Uh, but he was very deserving. And so followed him all year long, watched him, um, talked to him every day pretty much. He actually even came to our game, our Georgia Tech game, and watched us. Little did he know he was probably scouting us. And, and so um, – but I'm very, very happy for him. Uh, NCAA has a, a, a sick sense of humor and uh, and putting us together. But, you know, we'll, we'll be able to, you know, visit. Uh, but for 40 minutes, we're going to battle. Uh, he's, a, he's a fierce competitor. Uh, the kids are excited to see him but to beat him. Uh, but I, I think it's going to be a really good storyline. But very happy for him, his program. He turned that thing around in one year. I think he's going to be a tremendous head coach. And defining moments. Last year, we talked about this in the season preview. It was the UNC game on January 9th, 2022. And you followed that up with 12 wins out of the next 16. This year, after a loss to Duke on January 26th, you rattled off 11 straight wins. Haven't lost since. And I don't think I've ever heard of this being a problem with the team before, but you've alluded to your team almost being too smart for their own good, almost taking the scouting report too seriously. Can you kind of dive into that a little bit, how that conversation came about and uh, how you guys were able to adjust following that game on the 26th? You know, I mean, it's always, we, we've had to invent ourselves, uh, reinvent ourselves, uh, reinvent ourselves again, you know, throughout this year. Obviously, when you're adding talent and transfers to go with a very talented group already, you're trying to fill fill everyone out. And so we've been a couple of different teams this year. And uh, the more and more we got comfortable, uh, this is the smartest group I've ever had. Kayla King can tell me what she had for lunch when she was two years old. You know, that's how good her memory is. Uh, Elizabeth Kitley, Georgia Amore. Uh, and we were giving them so much information, they were taking it literally. And they knew the other team's plays probably better than the other team knew them. And they were coming to us and they were like, you know, well, they're supposed to come over here, but they didn't do that. And so we were just we were just playing to the scout, playing to the scout, playing to the scout. Uh, got our butts kicked at, at Duke. And when I say got our butts kicked, they beat us up. They were physical with us. Uh, we, we, we just we got knocked off of our spots. Uh, we were playing the scout, too. Literally, they were, you know, making counters off of it. And we, we stopped guarding. We were just playing the scout and we weren't guarding playing basketball. And ever since that game, we started giving them less information. I mean, obviously still giving them information, but it was like, okay, this is what they like to do. Now you're going to have to guard. And once we said that, we became a much better defensive team. And the chemistry that we have, um, the connectivity that we have, they are all playing for each other. They follow each other. They, they are there for each other. If one falls down, somebody's there to pick them up. Uh, and it's been a thing of beauty the last 11 games to watch them adjust and really play basketball instead of playing the plays. And uh, we become a much better team on both ends of the floor. Uh, and, and very eerily, after that Duke game in the locker room, I didn't yell at them. You know, I, did, I didn't you know say any bad words to them. I said, look, don't let this kick us back. Let it kick us forward. And ever since then, they've been locked in. They've understood the assignment. And uh, they've been really, really well connected. I'm so glad you brought up physicality because it is something that I have been so sick of hearing other people say, about this basketball team as Liz Kitley being a finesse player, as the team not liking to play bully ball. This year, you bring in Taylor Soul, and for the first few games, you're like, okay, Taylor Soul, she plays murder ball all game long. What do you have to say about, because I was NC State game is a perfect representation of that. NC State tried to yuck it up. They were very physical. You guys overcame that. What do you say to people, and I don't think there are any people in the national media that are saying it anymore, 
But what do you say to people that may say, well, Virginia Tech has, has a little trouble with physicality. Virginia Tech is a finesse team. Well, what I say is that it's basketball and not football, you know, and we like to play basketball and uh, we like freedom of movement. Uh, I think our style is, is fun to watch. Uh, we get up and down and, uh, and then you have some teams who just really want to to what we, what we refer to as muck it up. They want to mess the whole game up. They just want to be physical with you. And, you know, you love press conferences, go back and listen to everyone's press conferences. And when they say, when you play against Kitley, we want to be, we want to be physical with her, which in code means we want to foul her until they call it. And, uh, and it's really not fair because they push on her, they hit her. It's two or three people around her and she can't retaliate. And, uh, you know, and she's one of the best at it that she keeps her composure better than anyone I've ever seen, because I probably would lose my mind if I had people hitting me and pounding on me as much as they hit her. But she stays composed. Uh, she goes out and she plays. But we're a type team that we play a finesse type of, of style, but we can play physical as well. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we do a really good job of getting in, rebounding the basketball. Uh, we have strong kids. Our strength conditioning coach does a tremendous job. Um, but we are just versatile. We can play a lot of different styles. And so we're not going to back down if you're going to try to beat us up. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll adjust. And, um, and I'm very proud of our kids for that because you can't label us as a soft team. Uh, we can go in and we can battle with the rest of, with the best of them. Uh, if you're going to try to play a certain way, we can adjust to that as well. Uh, case in point, you know, Duke beat us up the first time. We beat them the last two times by almost 20 plus. And so we, we have a very versatile group. They're tough. They're strong. Uh, they're strong, tough mentally and physically. And uh, that was one of the things after the Duke game, we said we have to be a physical team, not only on the defensive end, but the offensive end. And that mindset in itself has really changed the way that we operate. And it makes us a lot tougher. One of the observations, and, and granted, I am not. I enjoy watching basketball. I am not a basketball savant, but my uh, my buddy Ed Williams, who does the Hokie Hoops pod, pointed this out at the Duke game that we were at, was if you want to go back and watch something, watch how active Liz has to get to get open and how many other players are set in picks. She'll start on the left block. She'll come all the way back around on the right block, two picks from there. Um, it's, just, it's just been amazing to see how creative you guys can get, not only to get Liz the ball, but her ability to pass out. And I think that's something that's been a little bit underappreciated is she addressed it in her last podcast was, you know, I'll finish a game with six points or I'll finish a game with eight points, but she is so good at as soon as the double team gets there, kicking it out and finding the open lady. You know what? She's so unselfish. That's all Mm -hmm. she wants to do is win. That's all she wants to do is win. Uh, You can look behind me. um, All her trophies are in my office. You know, all of them. I have her two player of the years, her KLs, her all conference, everything's in my office. She doesn't care. She just wants to win. And the one thing she does have, she has the net at her house, you know, and she cut down the net. And when you talk about her individual accomplishments, she deflects. She talks about her teammates. Um, If she scores four points and we win, she's fine. She just wants to go out and get better so we can win. And that's, that's special. She's like a Tim Duncan type. She's a very humble superstar, very humble. uh, And so much so that, at one point during the year, we had to have a talk. We lost to Clemson, and she took seven shots, and they were double-teaming her and triple-teaming her, and she was playing more like LeBron. And what I mean by that, LeBron has always been criticized for not being selfish enough and making the right play. He'll pass it out in crunch time because he thinks his teammate might have 
a better shot. Well, we needed her to play more like Kobe. Kobe's going to take that shot. You know, sometimes he might be double teamed, but he thinks that he's got a better shot at making it than kicking it out to maybe an open teammate. And I had to explain that to her. It's okay to be a little bit selfish because if you're a little bit selfish, it is for the betterment of our team. And it took me a little while to convince her of that. Uh, I told her some games you might have to shoot 20 plus shots. She turned beet red. She was cringing because she doesn't want to be a selfish player. But I said it's for the betterment of our team. And she's understood that. And right around that time about Duke, you know, I saw her and it was like, okay, she had two people on her and she was still shooting it and she was still making it. And I told her, I said, I said, baby girl, that's as open as you're going to get. So you don't wait for something to be wide, <laughs> wide open. That's as open as you're going to get. So go ahead. And once she developed that mindset, um, that's really where I think she ran away with the uh, with the player of the year race, because it was probably close for a little while, because, you know, sometimes people get fatigued. They don't want the same people to win it. They want a new person to win it. Olivia Miles was having a good year. And then right about that time, she just really took over down the stretch and she was unstoppable and uh, solidify herself as a two-time ACC Player of the Year. Last couple on the ACC run before we turn our attention to March Madness. Um, that run to the ACC tournament, I know it's fresh. It all happened in three days. But what are some of those core memories that stick with you? What are some of the moments that stood out over that trip to Greensboro? Well, I mean, leading up to it, Billy, it, it was just like, it's like we were giving out uh, an accomplishment every game. You know, whether it was Georgia getting her thousand point, Georgia becoming the all time leader in assists in ACC, Liz most field goals in ACC uh, history. Then she then she very quietly becomes the all time leading scorer on the same night that she hits a buzzer beater at Carolina. And we don't even talk about it. We haven't even celebrated her becoming the all time leading scorer yet yep. because everything has just been coming. Then she becomes the the two time player of the year. Georgia becomes the all all ACC first team, Georgia becomes the tournament MVP because there's just so many things, you know, every time we turn around, Liz is on a different watch list, you know, for player of the year. And there's so many different things that we haven't been able to digest, but going through that stretch leading up to it, I remember going into the first of five games that we were going to play against ranked opponents and knowing that it was going to be a tough stretch and never once did they waver or did they say we got to win three out of out of five or this is a tough stretch. They took it one game at a time. And every game was like a little mini accomplishment in itself. Going to NC State and winning there for the first time ever, you know, on national television against a ranked team. Uh, coming back and, you know, just crushing Florida State. Uh, getting revenge against Duke, you know, in a fashion that we were up by 25 going into the fourth quarter. Uh, and then topping it off with another monumental win at home against NC State on national TV in front of 6,500 fans, which was which was crazy. And then going into, you know, the tournament. And when I look back on the tournament, when I watched the tournament games, we dominated. Mm -hmm. we, we, we didn't slide by anybody. We dominated. And if it weren't for some threes at the end and, the, and the, some desperation threes at the end going in for Louisville – we didn't want all three by 20 plus. And it was just pure domination. And to do that, people ask me, well, what's the difference in hoisting up the ACC trophy as opposed to the CAA trophies that you want? And I said, the ACC trophy is a lot heavier. <laughs> and, and it's very symbolic because 
what you have to go through to become an ACC champion is you have to go through a lot of heavy hitters. I mean, teams that have won national championships and to understand that you're the last one standing out of 15 teams that it's in the, in arguably the best conference in the country. And you did it in such a dominating fashion, you know, it still hasn't sunk in. Um, and I'm sure that when it's all over with, I'm sitting on my dock at the lake, I'll watch it a hundred times. Um, but I'm very, very proud of the accomplishments and where we've come. Uh, we said it. That was our goal to start with, that we wanted to get to this point. And uh, but we're not done yet. And I'm very excited for the kids. On that note, and it, it seems like it was so, so long ago, is how important it was to go against teams in non-conference like Kentucky, like Missouri, like Nebraska, and Tennessee – which had a parallel with the floor problem. You had the shot clock problem. How do you guys handle that? You guys have a 25, 30 minute, 30 minute layoff, but you guys had been through it earlier in the season. Wait, wait, I tell you, it's um, this year, our non-conference schedule, um, it prepared us for everything. I mean, we went to the Bahamas and we played against two teams, um, Kentucky, extremely physical, pressed you the whole time, which would, and let later pay dividends for us because a lot of teams in our conference played the same way. Yeah. As a matter of fact, all three teams in the, in the tournament played that exact same way. And we gained some valuable experience. We were, we were beating Kentucky by 25, I think it was. And um, at the end of the game, they started pressing really hard and the, we, the lead dwindled and we were up by enough that I was okay with letting them figure it out. They had to figure it out on their own. And we only went and went in by eight or 10 but we learned a valuable lesson. Played the next game against Missouri. They were the most physical team I think we maybe played against all year. They beat us up. Uh, handled that, you know, extremely well. Went to Tennessee. You know, legendary court uh, program. Handled that situation, even with the adversity, as you mentioned, with the clock, you know, shot clock going out. We had to restart, you know, keep our composure down the stretch and won that basketball game. So, you know, and then, then you have like Nebraska, which was a, was a tremendous game with Georgia getting a triple double. Everything prepared us for what we were going to go through and hand, had to handle in the ACC. So I'm very happy with that. Um, but I'm happy with the maturity level of our kids. You know, obviously we are older uh, kids who have played a lot of minutes, um, but they've learned from their experiences. Some kids can kind of just go through it and they don't really ever learn. Georgia Amor is one of the best point guards in the country. And two years ago, I was screaming at her because I didn't know if she was playing rugby style football or if she was playing American basketball and, you know, where she's come because of her experiences. Elizabeth Kitley is one of the biggest competitors I've ever seen uh, who didn't have a silver spoon in her mouth where she was done the next big thing. She had to work her way to that. Taylor soul comes in here willing to sacrifice all the accolades or most of the accolades that she was getting in her previous institution to come win a championship. Kayana trailer, same way. Deja Gregg, you know, how how much she's grown. Kayla King, first game of the year, 33 points. Okay, the last game we played, she probably had four, but it was just as important because she was guarding Haley Van Lith. So everyone's coming here, sacrificed, and their maturity level is what makes us who we are and gives us a chance to advance pretty much deep into the tournament. And turning your eyes over to the tournament, as you approach it, what is your focus? You've definitely hit your stride here, but are there a couple areas that you think you can improve upon even more, a couple of things that you can really hone in on to be even better than you are now? Well, I mean, I think the mentality um, is what's going to get us there because they, they've done a, a tremendous job of going 1-0. You know, uh, you know, football team used to say that quite a bit. 
Let's go one to know. And we kind of adopted that like two, three years ago because you don't want to look ahead. You know, people can talk about, oh, you got your first two rounds here. Well, we don't have our first two rounds here. We're guaranteed the first round. If you don't have, if you don't handle the first round, you don't get to the second round. And so their ability to just handle the moment and, you know, we're, we're hitting where we don't have to rely. Liz, Liz is great. And, but we don't have to rely on her to get 30 for us to be successful. We go against Duke. She has eight points. We win by 20, you know, Georgia can step it up, but we don't need Georgia to be spectacular for us to win because Kayana Trailer can step in. You know, as I mentioned before, Kayla King has the ability to go off. Taylor soul is finding her groove. The Asia Greg is hitting shots. So we're very well-rounded, but we don't have to just rely on one area. And I think that makes us dangerous. And as long as we continue to stay focused and, and share the wealth and not really care who gets the credit, uh, I think we're a dangerous basketball team. And, and we, we've got, a, we got a tough bracket. We got a tough region. You know, if, if, we're, if we're fortunate enough to get through here, um, you know, we're probably going to face Tennessee again. And, you know, and there's a lot of good teams in, in our region, uh, UConn, which a lot of people say, you know, could or should have been a, a number one seed. Um, but if you're going to get to where we want to get to, you're going to face great teams. And, and you're not going to get to the Elite Eight by playing teams that aren't very good. And so we understand that and we feel like that we are one of those teams uh, that's dangerous and people will look at us as a dangerous basketball team as well. A couple of fans submitted questions here. One from Pete McGee. He says, when I was a student at Tech, I couldn't have told you who was the coach's women's basketball coach. Couldn't have told you who coached the women's basketball team. Now, Coach Brooks is one of the recognizable people across Hokie Nation. Outside of winning, what has been your approach to developing a relationship with the campus and student body? You know, Hokie Nation is special. Uh, like, I, like I said it before, um, I used to joke that in a very good way, it's like a little mini cult. And, you know, when I first put on the maroon and orange, man, you know, I, I would go places that I didn't think that I would be recognizable. And uh, but when you have on that maroon and orange, whether you're in a in an airplane and I, I'm getting ready to get my luggage off of it and somebody says, let's go. And I'm thinking they're trying to get me to hurry up. but They're just trying to get me to say the hokey chant. Um, it's pretty special. I remember I was in Paris. And we were, we were going recruiting. As a matter of fact, I was going to recruit Georgia Amore. And uh, me and one of my assistant coaches, we were taking pictures in front of the Eiffel Tower. And somebody very casually just walked by me. I had on a Virginia Tech shirt. And they said, let's go. And I'm like, are you kidding me? We're, we're, we're everywhere. And it's really easy to embrace that. When I was at James Madison and wearing purple and gold, I thought maroon and orange was ugly. And I came here and you put it on and it's a sense of pride. And it makes you want to be a part of something that's special. And when you walk into Lane Stadium or you walk into Castle Coliseum or you go watch the baseball team or the softball team, uh, anywhere you go, there's such a sense of pride and it makes you want to just continue to do your part. And we're a big family. When, when softball wins, we win. When men's basketball wins, we win. When we win, wrestling wins. Mm. And just, just the camaraderie and it makes you want to do your part and be and help make this place special and give back. And, uh, and when we started recruiting and I really got my footing with recruiting, I didn't want to just get great players in here. I want to get great players in here who represented the university to the utmost. I wanted kids to be able to walk out at, at Gucci Kroger and people would be able to approach them and be excited because they have a connectivity with them and not just try to build a great basketball team. We want to build a great program. And that's what I'm about. You know, we're all about family. Uh, my family sacrificed so much to be around this and, um, 
it's what it's all about. It's not just about wins and losses. It's not just about anything other than being a great part of a huge family, which is Hokie Nation. Another one from Wayne Kent. Uh, you were a point guard for Lefty Driesel. Any similarities between that relationship and yours with Georgia Amor? Um, I learned a lot from Coach, Coach Rizel. Um, I learned a lot from Coach, uh, so much so that Coach gave me my first job in the coaching profession. Uh, Coach Rizel is in the Naismith Hall of Fame. And when he was giving him his induction speech, um, he referenced me in his Hall of Fame speech. He later told me he forgot my name at the moment. He's getting up there in age, but that's how special he is to me. And I want to be the same thing to Georgia. Uh, we go about it in different manners, different ways, uh, have much more of a, a personal relationship with Georgia. And we talk quite a bit, uh, but I refer to her as my mini me. And we're on the same page. It's to the point where Billy, one time, I didn't know how, how eerily, great it was until somebody filmed it but when i would do workouts with her i'm a visual guy and so is she and so i would show her something and then i would tell her to stand behind me and mimic what i'm doing while i'm doing it and i could never see her i would always turn around and i say did you get it and she said yes but one day somebody filmed it and when they filmed it and she was mimicking what i was doing it looked like we were two synchronized swimmers and at that point, I was like, wow, well, we, we are we are really connected. And it got it's gotten to the point where we can finish each other's sentences. And it used to be her freshman year and her sophomore year. She would come over to me during stoppages and play. And I would talk to her and I would tell her what I wanted. And now it's gotten to the point when she comes over to me during stoppages of play. If you ever watch us, we're having a conversation now. And she's telling me what she sees. I'm telling her what I see. And then together we come up with a plan. And I can't tell you how many times this year that she's come over and she said, hey, they're playing us this way. Why don't we do this? Because I think such and such can get this shot. And it's come to. And that's when you know that, you know, you and your point guard are connected. And she's really running the show right now. And I, I'm, I got a front row seat to it. And it's a thing of beauty. I have to follow up with this. You don't really get to see it from television, but when you go to a game, you talk or Georgia walks over at every stoppage of play. Ball goes out of bounds, free throws, technicals, official review. What are you guys talking about every single time? Is it basketball every single time? I, it, it's, it's incredible how often you guys are communicating. It, it is basketball or something that's relating to basketball. Or like she can come over to me and maybe she's missed her last two shots and I'm like, it looks great. It's going to go. Next one's going to go in. OK. And, and she and, and the confidence that she has in me because we do so many workouts together. Um, it, it's all it's all relative. Sometimes she might come over. I'm like, how you feeling? What do you see? What do you like? What do you want to do? And uh, it, it's, it's amazing. And I, I tell you how mature this kid is. Uh, we were playing against North Carolina this year and we weren't playing well in the beginning. And she was doing some some crazy things. And. I lost my mind. I was so immature and I'm yelling at her. And normally when you, when you start getting on a kid and they, they'll kind of shy away from you. And I started, you know, saying something to her. I'm like, you know, do you want to come sit down? Do you want to sit on the bench? And she never shied away from me. She kept walking back over to me and it was like, okay, I can take that. I'm fine. And she was way more mature in that game than I was. And it's probably why we won the basketball game, but our relationship is, is unbelievable. 
Um, she's my, like I said, she's my little mini me. Uh, we probably talk about 15 times a day, you know, a little small text, you know, whatever. She comes up in here, sits down, we talk and just know that we're on the same page at all times and very, very proud of her and what she's done. And, you know, she's going to go down as one of the best players ever play here at Virginia Tech. Last one that I have for you. And it's a little bit of a different conversation than we've had the last two or three years that we've been doing this. Um, We've had you on the show and we've said, what's your message to Hokie Nation? What's your message to Hokie Nation? And it's almost been, in a good way, a sell. It's been, you guys have to come out and you need to see what it looks like. You guys, I'm telling you, get out here, come cheer them on. They're going to be really good. This team is awesome. Everybody in the country knows about this team. You have an opportunity and you're going to host an NCAA tournament game. What is your message to Hokie Nation who showed up? The shot in Greensboro as soon as the TV clicked over and hearing the Let's Go Hokies in Greensboro playing against Louisville. Um, what is your message to the fan base ahead of this game coming up? I told you. <laughs> you know, and, and it's but, – but no, seriously, you should be proud of this group. You should be proud of this group. I mean, inside and out. I mean, they do everything the right way. They represent the right way. They, make, they, they should make you proud being Hokies. And win, lose, or draw, they're going to give you their they're going to give you their heart. You know, no one wants to win more for Hokie Nation than they do. And they're, they're so proud of everything that's that's that is Hokies. You know, you you go to a lacrosse match and you're going to see our kids there. You go to a soccer game, you're going to see our kids there. Football, basketball, you know, they're they're out there representing because they are Hokies. They're not just playing for Virginia Tech, they are Hokies. So come out. Come out and watch them. You're going to enjoy them. You're going to enjoy the way that they play. You're going to enjoy the way that they enjoy each other. And you're going to have a good time. And you're going to see a really good brand of basketball, a really exciting brand of basketball. And come out. If, if we can get this thing sold out, I think it will be a, an experience that everyone, not only our players, but everyone will remember uh, that they'll be talking about. And they can witness history because this is one of the best teams. It's not the best team to ever play here and represent Virginia Tech. So very deserving for these kids. Uh, I've said it a hundred times, you know, Hokie Nation, Castle Guard, Heidi Tidies, anybody in the building, they can make a good team great. And we need to be great right now so that we can get to this week 16. March 17th versus Chattanooga at Castle Coliseum. Coach Brooks, it has been an absolute prep pleasure covering this team talking with you, getting to know everybody, and I wish you nothing but the best, and uh, I hope you are enjoying smelling those roses, and I know you're a busy man, so I'll let you go, but thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you. You've been with us you know, through the inception. When we, when we were screaming it from the mountaintops, you believed in us. You guys put us on. You gave us love, um, and that, that's all we needed you know, is to get a platform, people to come out, and I think the girls have done the rest, but we appreciate you guys and what you've done. Uh, not, not only for that, giving us a platform, but giving my girls a platform too. And, uh, so I appreciate you and hopefully we'll continue this thing on. Absolutely. Coach, best of luck. To wander, tripping in the sand We smoke out windows, drink till we can't stand But I saw you dance like you want to in my head And all that she said is Oh, I know it's what you're thinking Please don't go to sweat a second Trash